this is uh, what you guys have been wanting. So we're going to do this. I've done a lot of research on this case, and I guess you can see by the title what it is. Someone had requested this, right? Um, when we were chatting last week? Yeah, it was requested by quite a few of you guys. A lot, actually. We're starting back at the very minute that it happened and going from there. That's how I did the case. And I'm monitoring it live, too. For, and if anything comes out while we're doing this episode, we'll talk about that, too. But we'll I have to do a lot, like some live ones. Yeah. 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 We're probably going to do live updates this week, too, because, you know, I don't know. There's some there's some stuff happening on the fly with this thing. Yeah. But I do want to say, you know, we are going to Moscow tonight. OK. OK. N- not. I'm assuming not Russia, because I was going to say, let's go get some vodka, man. Moscow, Idaho. <sighs> But so damn, I don't have any ginger ale or ginger beer to make Moscow meals. But had I known this is the the stabbings, we're going to go through it step by step. And this is the complete case. Everything you need to know, everything you don't have to go anywhere else. I've used probably about 100 sources and I'm going to do a complete write up a timeline with every one of them. Boom, 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 boom. This was what a month ago. What's today? The 10th. So this it is the 10th. So this happened on the 12th. So, yeah, we're right at one month of four college Idaho students getting brutally stabbed and murdered. There's no one caught yet. There's no suspect. And it's, it's kind of looking like it's getting bungled, honestly. But this is the case in its entirety as up to right now. I can promise you that. But I do want to say a lot of people has requested me to do this case, but I want to give this uh, credit to Erica. She actually messaged me on our Patreon. You can go there, patreon.com slash talk murder. These usually aren't my cases. I'm going to tell you that right now. So I usually focus focus on serial killers and like cannibalism and all kinds of CIA cover-ups and Area 51 cases. But this is obviously what people are looking for and what you guys want. So that's why we're covering it. I am super excited. Well, not excited. This is a very tragic case, obviously. Tell me everything you know about it right now. Anything, like anything, you know, just little details. The Idaho thing? Yeah, yeah. Idaho, yeah. All I know is what someone had put in the chat last week, which was uh, others were in the house when four people were killed and there was like blood everywhere, I think is the the whole, that is all I know. All right, we are starting here, November 13th, 2022. So what, 28 days ago? Mm-hmm. This is where we're going. Now, I know a lot of the reports say King Street, okay? But, you know, I've, I've looked all around here and on King Street. This is the house. So let me see, I got to kind of get my wits about me here. So the University of Idaho is right here, but it's up here on the hill. Now it says King Street, but this is it right here. This is it. I You can compare the rocks here. Let me, I'm going to pull up another photo real quick and so we can uh, compare it. Is that home blurred out? Yes. And I did I Because asked, of the crime? Well, so I asked about that on live chat. I'm like, this is a little odd that this is blurred out. And Shram said or good supporter, she said that you can actually do that yourself and which I did to our house. It's a great idea, people. This is one thing you need to do. It takes two seconds. Well, first if you're listening to this and you're alone at your house go and make sure your damn door is locked first thing because this shit could happen anywhere but also get on google maps look up your address and there's three little dots say report a problem and then blur your house out like they did this the reason being is because especially now in um during the christmas season they'll you'll have robbers coming in right and they'll actually look at the layout of the house on google maps to find their best entrance so that is the reason you do that you report a problem and then say, for privacy reasons, I want my house blurred out and they will blur it out for you. Wow. So make sure you go do that. It's very important. All right, let's make sure we do that for 
Jen when yeah when we're over our house tonight. <laughs> but so this is the the upside of the house right here, and okay. you can see this is the same same location here. So what I'm trying to say is this is uh this Damn, is Queen I Street. Had, I'm like blown away by that fact. Sorry, that is great information. Yeah, now. it's really great information. So thanks to our stream for uh, suggesting that this is this is the front of the house. So right here, somebody's left flowers. And you see we're at the same place now. I want you to look at the the outside of the house. So we just went from Google Earth right here. So notice notice this right it, here. It looks like there's a is that an office building or something right by it? Like what's that long where? Oh, this yeah. is yeah. Oh, maybe it's an apartment complex. Okay. Yeah, but down the street there is a fraternity Zai something. I think BX. it might just be another fraternity house. Yeah, fraternity house is what I'm trying to say. But I think one of these this lodge is as well. Hmm. So there are and every one of the victims tonight was in a fraternity slash sorority. And is this University of Idaho? What is, yes, yeah. yes, okay. exactly. So they were all students and here, and we started this case November 13th. So this was 1158 is where I officially started researching the case. That is the 911 call that has came in about a, quote, unconscious person. As you said earlier, there were two surviving people in the house. One of those ladies, surviving ladies, called 911. So don't get stuck on the unconscious person. It sounded weird at first, especially in the uh, when this case first launched, when this first happened, people were like, well, who would report unconscious? It was just the roommate that reported it. It was just a weird kind of wordage. November 13, 2022, the Moscow police got a 911 call saying that an unconscious person was in this address. And the police, when they go, they see an awful, awful scene. It is a stabbing scene, which means there's a lot of blood and you have four victims that ultimately are killed. Now, I'm not good with names. I, I did listen to the names, but these are the victims right here. Ethan Chapin, he's 20 years old. Kaylee Goncalves, G-O-N-C-A-L-V-E-S, Goncalves. Uh, Zana Kernodle, K-E-R-N-O-D-L-E. She's 20 years old. These two are in a relationship or were in a relationship. Okay. Here you have Madison Morg Mogan. 21 years old and Kaylee. Oh, that's Kaylee Gonclaves. Okay. And I'll tell you which one is which in a minute. But okay. they are they are very close friends from what I found. They, All four of them are close friends. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in the house is extremely close with each other. There's plenty of social media accounts. You can still go to all theirs and see that they're really close with each other. The first thing that came out, I want to say is, well, this was a jealousy murder suicide. So obviously you have one male here and there was a jealous thing and he he killed all three and then killed himself. That is, that is not how it happened. Ethan was not even living there at the time. This was just a female residence and he was staying there with his girlfriend. Okay, so asking a clarifying question, were we, the killer, the person who, who killed is one of these four? No, 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 it's not that. Or is that what a lot of people are assuming? Listen, listen, this is really important. This is why I believe that this case is getting bungled right out of the gate is because the, the mayor is especially came out of the gate and started speculating in public about, oh, this is a, a robbery gone wrong. No, this is some kind of love thing. That Why would a, the mayor s make speculations like that in public? It's not his job. Exactly. So, and when the police purposely withhold information, not only does the family get involved, they start releasing to the media, but also it fuels speculation. So if, if the police don't come out and say, okay, this is not a murder-suicide, people are going to automatically 
exactly kind of put that together that it might be. It might be a jealousy thing. That rumor is going to spread. And then that's how we have, you know, all this speculation on mm -hmm. the Internet. Misinformation. Exactly. Yeah. So what I did with this case, I want to reiterate one more time. I went back to the first news source that had printed anything about this case. And I went from there and took me a long ass time. But I went day by day, you know, skipping some of the 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 repetitive, you know, articles yeah. from the different sources. But every event that occurred, you know, I researched it in chronological order, I guess. So I saw this, right? I saw the mayor come out and say, it's a robbery gone wrong. It was a, quote, isolated, targeted attack. One of the big things about the police on this point is they immediately came out and said that. And that was thanks to the mayor, too. He he helped speculate that. This was an isolated, targeted attack. No threat to anyone else. So don't worry. Don't you, You're not in danger. This was an isolated, targeted attack. The killer's still out there. So don't worry about it. Like, mm. they're trying to, like, calm people. Like, there's not a killer out there that is, a ma you know, some kind of weird spree killer that is knifing people because it's a targeted attack. But they don't know that for sure. You know why they don't know that for sure? Because they don't know who fucking did it. Right. <laughs> so why why would they say that? You know, why would they release that? that that's Unless they they have evidence that they're not releasing that's making them say that? I don't know. Nope. They release that. And but even if they do, even if they do, there's still a danger to everyone because the killer is not caught. You know what I'm saying? It's still a danger to everyone or no imminent threat to anyone. This was a targeted attack. It's still a dangerous place. The reason they're saying that is obviously they don't want to deter any new students coming into the, the school year. That's that's obvious what it is. They don't want some loose killer out there sniping people and their attendance will be down. I mean, that's got to be. I don't know why else would they would say that. Sable says the mayor, nothing to see here, people, just some random stabbing. Uh, and Courtney says there was a stalker theory, but that one doesn't make much sense to me. This is what the mayor says, which like, which is weird, right? Well, why would the mayor get directly involved right at first? I mean, I understand they're going to get involved from like a press conference perspective, but that's when you kind of like anything that I think we've ever usually seen, the mayor is there to like tell the police, you know, tell everybody the police are on it and they're doing a great job. Yeah. And we, everything's under control. Don't panic. Sorry for, you know, victims, families. What are we doing for the community? Like that's the job of the mayor. Yeah, exactly. Not to speculate. The crime itself occurred at three or four in the morning. It was reported to the police at noon. Bet said Monday, quote, if there was going to be a crime spree, it probably would have perpetuated itself through that time frame. All right. So once one more thing about the why they would say that it's not a threat. Just last thing about this is from Fox News. You want to read this right here? This is what one parent has said about it. Telling parents there is no threat is not helpful. He said hiring off duty police is a quick way to put boots and guns where they need to be protecting students until the suspect is arrested. I, I get it. Like they're trying not to scare people. They don't want people to, but they're going to be scared if the killer's not caught. End of story. Right. 100%. I would imagine most of the students went home anyway for Thanksgiving, but there's still a killer out there right now, unless they caught it with, caught him within the last 20 minutes mm -hmm. that he's still out there. There is a threat. End of story. Lock your door, you know, end, your kids, end, your of, wife. end of effing story, dude. There is a threat out there. There is someone on the loose. It's kind of a oxymoron or whatever saying there's no threat. The killer is still at large. You know, those things don't go together. Anyway, that's the last thing we we're talking about that. All right. There was no weapon left at the scene and the New York Times reported that the mayor, Art Betchy, the mayor of uh, Moscow, said it was a, quote, crime of passion. So this is right when the case hit. So you see, you it's not us. It's 
is not us true crime sleuths doing this, guys. It is it is the mayor speculating right out the bat that this is a crime of passion. What stance does he have to say something like that? Obviously, mm-hmm. he says something like that, and then not only it may not be true, but it it actually in, interferes with the investigation. These police they get uh, what is it called a uh, laser focused in on some of the wrong you know wrong tunnel avenue. vision tunnel vision. Yeah, they there get, you go. Thanks, Wolfie. They get tunnel vision exactly. All right, so November thirteenth. What we know is around three to four a.m. This happened. It may have been earlier. I did see a report that it could have been around one thirty. We do have a scream coming in that I'm going to be talking about a little bit later. A local chef came home and he said around three thirty four he hears a horrible scream. He thought it was a party because this is the you know university, so it could be a party. And so he doesn't know for sure if that was the scream or not. But we do know sometime in that time frame up until when the police were called at 11.58 a.m. that following morning was when this was when this happened. A little bit about how brutal this is. This was an extremely, extremely brutal stabbing. It just wasn't a random one-off, one-off. And the reason why I say that is from one photo here. And I want I want you to tell me what you see in this photo. You could also argue that it was targeted because the, the person didn't kill everyone in the house. Exactly. I'm going to go through the house layout in a little bit. Um, Is that b- blood on the there, foundation? What you're looking at right now is, this is from the Daily Mail. They were the first to, to see this. The Daily Mail says, quote, there was so much blood that it, quote, oozed through the walls of a three-story house. This is the victim's blood. It actually ran down the exterior of the house. That is a very violent, very violent stabbing. Are there any other photos of the crime scene at not, this point? Not from inside the house. <sighs> I mean, I got more of the house, but not not actually inside the house yet. But this is the layout of the house. Now, before we get any further, let me tell you a little little thing that might be really important for you guys right now. The, the couple, this is them right here, they were on the second floor. The first floor right here, where you would, you know, come in come into the house if you were just anyone the two unharmed sleeping roommates were the ones who called the police okay so what does that mean that means that the killer came in through here either through this door or through the balcony okay you see what i'm saying yeah that's very important through the through the backsliding door or the or the balcony yeah climbed up the balcony which is a very important thing to keep in mind uh-huh because he knew where they would be i'm just i'm just telling you you make up your own mind but that's let me show you the I mean, it's, I would also say too. So, so was there a party or something going on that night at the house? There was a, a party. Yes. So, so I would think, so let me just kind of take that aside. If someone's going to. Well, hold on. Let, let me rephrase that. There was a party from what neighbors said. It didn't actually come out that there was a party, but we do know that, that all four deceased had been in different locations prior to being murdered. The, the couple came home and separately from when the the two the two girls came home. Well, I would say and where were the two two girls? Well, I'm going were... to get to that. Okay, well, yeah. let me go back to my other what I was going to say was so if it was like a like if someone was breaking into the house, it maybe that's incorrect if I were to just say they knew where where certain people were. I would like I would assume in a robbery or a violent crime scenario, the odds of someone going what just walk trying to break in through the front door or front windows is probably smaller than someone going in the back or finding a point of entry that would go more undetected. Yeah, exactly. So maybe 
whoever goes into the house just went in in the back for being undetected or through the balcony. And so he just the per, he she whatever didn't get to the front and first floors where the other two were sleeping and maybe didn't even realize that they were there. Yeah, that's a good point. For the record here, this is Zana, X-A-N-A, Zana and Ethan. So they they are a couple. Zana. Okay. Zana. Kaylee and Madison were the other the, two girls, the, the blonde victims, and they were mm-hmm. they were basically sisters from they were not biological sisters, but they, they have were been super friends, close. Yeah. friends since childhood. And oh. the only comforting thing in this case, from what I've seen, and this this isn't a quote by me, this is what the family said. The only thing that brings anyone comfort is the fact that they died together because they were that's how they would they were super every close. every photo you see of them they they were they were closer than sisters if you look at their photos. So we just stopped at the blood was quote oozing through the walls. I showed you a photo of the blood actually coming down the walls. And that wasn't, uh, that's not just something you say. You actually saw the blood dripping down the freaking walls. Mm-hmm. And the lead investigators said that they've never seen anything like this. And it was, quote, the worst we've seen, end quote. Now, Kathy Mabut, which is the county coroner, says that the victims, and this is from News Nation, Idaho students stabbed to death were likely asleep. So one man is, is not a female. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's a, it's a male that did this. I mean, end of freaking story. One guy came in there and the thing was, well, that's very dangerous. Yeah, even though it's women, okay, and he can overpower them, there's four of them. At really six people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really six. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's very dangerous to do. But if they were asleep, then it's a lot easier because you get the surprise attack on them, right? And, and if they were like, maybe if they went out the night, that night or something like that, if they were, they had alcohol in their system or something, it would have been harder to like wake up. Yeah, exactly. It has to be somebody pretty angry in order to stab four people to death. Mabut told News Nation, the victims were stabbed in the chest and upper body, the coroner said. So the coroner comes out and says that we don't have the autopsy report out, but we do know they were stabbed in the upper chest. They were sleeping. And to go over this right quick, they were killed at different times, which is going to become a huge thing that we're going to talk about. But here is the layout, a good layout. This is from the Daily Mail here. So this is the first and second floor and the third and fourth. Kaylee and Madison, they were sleeping in the same bed. Okay. Uh-huh. They, they were literally best friends. They're like sleeping in the same bed. Like as they, they do everything together. So they were attacked together as well. So, and, and so was Ethan and Zana. Sable says, giving me Ted Bundy vibes. Dude, <laughs> dude, good, I agree. good point. The reason she said that is because if you remember Ted Bundy, his last murder spree was in the University of Florida. Yeah, I think so. University of Florida. So Ted Bundy was a sexual lust killer. He had a very bad problem. If you read. Uh, <laughs> That's an understatement. If, if you read Ann Rule's excellent book, she was actually really good friends with Ted Bundy. I think we talked about that. Uh-huh. But Ted Bundy, he was probably the worst sexual deviant that has ever existed. But he his last spree was completely unrelated to his normal killings. He basically went into, I believe it's the University of Florida. I may be incorrect. It's been so long since I've covered it. But he went in there with uh, logs, with firewood logs and bludgeoned, I think, three or four uh, mm-hmm. university students. And so that's what Sable's talking about. Ted Bundy vibe. It, do- it does it does seem eerily similar to that. So great point there. Great point. That's awesome. Alright, let's move on. We got a ton of people in here. I know. 
now, don't we? Yep, we Jesus. are. Everyone wants to know about growing. this. So Kathy Mabbitt, she is the coroner. Now, there is something in the news about her, but it's unrelated. Unrelated, so I'm not putting it in here if you see it. She also is an attorney, and she is currently defending a murderer. So the, it's a coroner slash attorney. Huh. Kind of a weird. Busy. Very busy, yeah. But she is defending a, a, a murderer, and from what it seems like, they were unrelated. So I, I omitted that because I don't want to bog people down with that. And people do have problems with that, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So we're going to talk about some retired detectives, and we're going to talk about some FBI agents who have had a say in in this matter. One retired detective, Phil Waters, he says the following. The use of an edged weapon is going to prevent any kind of real sounds that would awaken the other two girls, Waters says. If this person, and it appears to be they are, proficient with an edged weapon, the deaths would have occurred so quickly that there would have been no opportunity for them to cry out. Okay, that's from Inside Edition. That's from his quote right there. So they were killed quickly. This is also very important right here. He claims, this is from the New York Post. University of Idaho murders, cops believe killer, proud of the brutal weapon. So what they're trying to say at this point is because you saw the blood oozing out. These were, quote, large punctures. The police are now saying that the, the killer is proud, quote, proud of the, quote, brutal weapon. Why do you think that is? Like, tell me, tell me what you think at that point. Like, proud, what does that mean? Because of how much blood, like, was uh, apparently involved in the scene? I want you guys to think about this. I was in the military. When I hear this proud of this brutal weapon, and let me show you what they think the weapon is right quick. Okay. The weapon type is extremely important, and I think that they're not looking in the right place, and I think they need to go back and see who would use these types of weapons. This is what they think the weapon is. It's a K-bar knife. We've used them. If you've been in the freaking military, you at least know this knife. End of story. So why would they assume that it is this knife? They haven't came out and said that yet, but by the, I guess, the the puncture wounds and how deep they were, this is kind of what they were looking for. No, they have not found the knife. This is basically what they came out and said. This was the K-bar knife, a K-bar combat knife. Now, if that's speculation, then that's BS. I'm telling you, because that, to me, this is a very important clue to who you should be looking at. Anyone who's proud of their weapon, a knife weapon, and is comfortable with that amount of blood, that intimate blood, when you stab someone, it's not like in the movies. Their, their juices, not only blood, but their spit, their, their everything is getting on you. You have to not only be comfortable with it, you have to enjoy it. So you have to have a weapon you're proud of, which is a K-bar knife, because this is a pretty expensive knife that you can't buy anywhere. You you can't just like buy one on eBay? I mean, yeah, you can buy them on eBay. You, you know, maybe sports stores have them. You're not going to buy this like at Walmart, I'm pretty sure. Someone who would have this, two people come to my mind. Like I said, this is my speculation. Two people come to my mind, military, ex-military, hunter. That's it. That is who would have that knife. So I, I'm going to actually, I, I'm going to go a different route with like someone who is like a, a wannabe. And- maybe, maybe, but that's even still the same route. Th- th- yeah. Think of the alternative here. Th- think of this right quick. We've done a lot of these stabbings. What is it? It's a kitchen knife, fillet knife, serrated cutco knife. If it is something like this, it is on, on purpose. It is bought for that reason. I can promise you that. If they are looking for someone with a K-bar knife like this, I can promise you it's going to be either military or, or a hunter. That's And that is kind of like my theory. And, and they're not looking in that in that direction. So, the, but the weapon itself was not yet found, right? Like this is just, they're, they're 
kind of speculating it was a knife probably like this. They have not came out specifically that I've seen and said they found the weapon. They searched they, they searched all the dumpsters and everything else. They may have the weapon. Well, they, they just don't come out and say it. One thing I do want to... Uh, We're getting more information from the parents at this point than we are the police. Well, t- I'm going to read what uh, what Tony here in the live chat is has shared. This is by far the biggest case I've ever worked. Four victims at one scene, then food truck footage. Now I have to look for a white car. Then I have to deal with silence from frat party and first floor girls. I'm 28 days into this case and I have more questions than I did a month ago. Every day I cook up new scenarios and more questions and it doesn't help that I don't have the police being transparent. Yeah. Tony, Tony tell, great. Us, yeah, great. tell us uh, tell us more um, if you can. So please. there's a lot more stuff that we need. To, he referred to a, a video. He referred to a car. He, yeah. referred, to, he referred to a couple things that yeah. we still have to get well, into. We're getting there. But so they, so no weapon found, but they are speculating it is this type of weapon. Okay, let, let me go back real quick. So Tony, Tony's ahead of us right now. We're getting there, Tony. This is November 29th. Like I said, I went from what? We're November going day 20, by day. Or excuse me, I went from the uh, November 12th to, to now. Actually, it came out on the 15th was the first like official press conference, press release, which is right here by the police. Oh, this, this is, is interesting. This from... is where you would start from right here. This is the actual press release, Moscow, November 15th at November 13th, 2012 at 11. This is the official report. This is where you want to start right here. That is basically where I started this story. So right now we are at what the 12th or excuse me, the 29th. So yeah, we do have a lot to go. All right. Tony also shared when I heard the University of Idaho had an on-campus agricultural meat butcher shop where they sell retail meats, it expanded the number of students with access to knives and butchering skills. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that just adds a whole another complication. Do they have um, an ROTC program would be my other question. Do we know if uh, Idaho uh, has something like that? I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't I didn't uh, think about that. I, I'm not I'm not personally thinking it is a student, but uh, uh, I mean, damn, I was about to ask Tony something. Someone, something that lives. Uh, I mean, to, to live in a college town otherwise, or I'm assuming not coming from a super far distance. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be in the general. I feel like there's a fork here. This is the first question that needs to be answered stop looking at cars and all this stuff all this stuff is just getting people tunnel vision this is the first questions end of story targeted not targeted because if it is not targeted we're going to be in for a freaking hell of a ride all right moving on so large punctures and he was proud of the knife he paid money for the knife I, Go ahead. i'm curious if that was uh the knife that you showed if that if that's an expensive knife to acquire like a hundred bucks so i don't know why they said it was a k-bar either they have the knife or they know something but it's in the report that says it is a k-bar knife that's what they're looking for that is a very specific knife if i wanted to buy a hunting knife for cheap you would buy a gerber you know what i'm saying like like i have that big ass gerber a k-bar would run you probably i don't know 100 bucks for that knife yeah okay yeah i, I did just do a, a search yeah you can get them at um sportsman's warehouse about 90 dollars. all right moving on to the next one here we go video shows mystery man wait the- is this the guy in the corner so right here you have madison right there i believe and Madison, yeah, Madison and Kaylee, excuse me. And they're looking for this man right here. See that guy with a circle on the top with the hoodie? Oh, oh, okay. They're looking for that guy because he's just kind of being a creep. Yeah, so they're looking for that guy. Now, we can pretty much pretty much discount that because they found the guy and they said he wasn't the suspect. I do want to say at this point, though, the parents are saying that they are not happy with how the police are handling this and they need to go back and look at some of the people they've already cleared. The parents obviously know more information 
information than the, the general public. And the parents are putting out that information too. And that's how a lot of the news news is getting it, getting it. But that mystery man was captured on a Twitch live stream. Twitch is like YouTube, but it's like for gaming. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. But it was caught at Grub Truck, which is an outside food truck. At this point, now, now Madison and Kaylee, these two, okay, yep. they were there. After that, they get an Uber. It may not be an Uber. It was a private driver. Either way, that private driver, whoever it was, was also cleared. They get, let's just say an Uber. They took an Uber back to the house. Just the two girls, they were at this food truck place and they take an Uber back to their house and it's late at night. Yes. Before that, Madison spent, quote, the majority of the night, end quote, at Moscow's Corner Club and a friend of Madison's, and this is, I'm pulling this from the reports here, New York Post, a, a friend and a neighbor says that that night they were, quote, just laughing with all of her friends. Okay. So what, is, what she's trying to say is, quote, it was just a normal night in Moscow. Okay. That's what she's trying to say. Basically, there was no like stalker beating on the door. She wasn't frantically having a stalker on the phone type of thing like that. It was just a regular normal night in Moscow. It was Sunday, November 13th. They ordered $10 worth of food from the Grub Truckers. And this was at 1.41 a.m. So that's the answer to your question. Okay, 141 so a.m. Yeah. They get back this only a few minutes yeah. later. And that's it them. is any time from when they get home. Yeah, which is the next day which is 1 45 a.m yep. obviously so were the, were the was the couple already in the house or did they go somewhere that okay way? let's let's get to that okay. okay yeah one thing i do want to point out in september so this happened in november in september we're going back two months September october we're going back two months the moscow police department received a report that a group of students were walking the steam plant parking lot lot number 14 and the student recreation center on paradise path and were threatened by a person with a knife. State sea alert from September 12th. So this was prior. This was a, a knife threat here. So this is something also to look into. And from what I'm seeing, they have not discounted this. This guy, they even said who he was. But there was they a... I mean, I know who he is. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But so that is still on the table at this point. That man was a white man, 18 to 22, black clothes, black baseball cap, riding a mountain bike, which is concerning because if he would have come in the back like that, Mm -hmm. This was submitted by a parent. Yeah. Mm. All right. So moving on. Where was the couple that night? And then right. did the girls have a boy, like boyfriends or significant others? And then um, I just was thinking about like, gosh, with how much blood this person came in and did this would have been covered yeah. in blood. Mm -hmm. There was no tracks. They haven't said it. And we've seen that outside of the house, you would think they'd be everywhere. But you would think he, there would be blood splatter outside if the person had a mountain bike that even like that would the, the show. tracks yeah they, they should have looked for the the tracks and stuff like that I mean huh. who knows this is I think why it's important to let the public know man this is the day of internet everyone's got a true crime podcast dude <laughs> if you don't let us know we will you know it, it'll come out in a way that you don't want it to end of story you know what I'm saying yep. the reason the police keep this stuff secret is because if they withdraw information like that and hide it if someone comes forward and offers some of that information that is not public, then they know that he is, he's legit. Whoever's saying this, a witness or whoever, that's a legit source. So that's the reason they do that. Okay. Yeah. Plus they also redact, you know, other students' names and stuff like that for privacy concerns. So the, the couple, we're talking about Ethan and Zana, they were at a party 
on campus before the attack. The other two females were at a downtown bar. Then they went to Grub Truck. And that's where we got on video. Who I feel like whoever was killed first was not the intended, like not necessarily the, the person that there may be a tie to. That makes sense. Chapin and Carnado's timeline seems to be one of the larger areas that we don't have a lot of information. Okay, I do want to say this. There is a, a three-hour gap. I do remember seeing that. A three-hour gap, which they're trying to close at this point. They're trying to get whoever was with them at the time to close this gap. So they don't know where they were within this three-hour period. So okay. So that's current. I want to say this right quick. This is uh, FBI has joined the, the case. So the FBI is involved as well. All right. So Kaylee calls her ex-boyfriend. His name is Jack. Let me show you these two right here. This is uh, the ex-boyfriend and her. So as of now, it seems like the boyfriend, Jack, even though there was a lot of calls made that night, I'm just going to read this. This is from Inside Edition at 2.26 a.m., which means at this point, Kaylee's still alive because Kaylee starts to call Jack. Like I said, 2.26 a.m. So they they left at 1.41 a.m. from the food truck. They get back. Now Kaylee starts to call Jack, her ex-boyfriend. Olivia Goncalves, which is the sister and, and the one that's bringing a lot of this information out, told Inside Edition the following, quote, Kaylee calls Jack six times between 2.26 a.m. and 2.44 a.m. From 2.44 to 2.52, Maddie calls Jack three times. Then Kaylee makes a final call to him at 2.52 a.m. And does Jack answer in his calls? I don't think so. I do not think so. But I I will say that police have ruled him out as of now. Okay. They have ruled him out at this point. As I said, the sister, Goncalves, is bringing a lot of this information forth. She's the one who found the food truck video. She's also the one who tracked down and interviewed the, the driver. She says, uh, quote, I found neighbor's ring camera footage so that I could verify that the Uber driver took them home, end quote. That's what she tells Inside Edition. The two girls lived on the third floor. They did have a pet dog. Apparently, the pet dog was not uh, was not killed. So I'm going to read this, quote, to confront the victims on the third floor, the suspect would have to pass through multiple common rooms, including the living room on the second floor. There is an unsolved organ stabbing that happened that is eerily, eerily similar. Okay, I do not know if this has been ruled out yet. You might want to go down this route, but this couple right here, this is a completely different case, but it has some of the same similarities. So we're talking about this couple right here who was also stabbed by a, a who were who was knifed. I guess that would be the term knifed. This is an unsolved case from 2021, August 13th. Travis and Jamelin Jewitton were awakened from their sleep around 3 a.m. on August 13th, 2021. So 3 a.m., that's around the same time, to an unknown assailant attacking them with a knife. Travis fought off the attacker but was pronounced dead at the scene. That is eerily similar to this case as well. Are they related? They haven't came out and said. The, the FBI is saying that with this case, he fought back. So if Maddie or Kaylee had fought back the attackers, even in some small capacity, there should be biological skin cells and stuff in, in the nails and stuff like that. So all that stuff is at the lab right now, I believe. The FBI believes that this is a first-time killer. That's what Jim Clemente says. He's a criminal behavioral expert and a former New York prosecutor. A University of Idaho suspect who stabbed students to death is a first-time killer and comfortable with blood. Comfortable with blood. That's a very big thing. You saw the blood dripping down. To stab someone like that, I've never done it, but it's not like shooting someone. It's it's very personal. You're getting their breath on you. I mean, I can't imagine. And, and how deep the stab wounds were. What I'm trying to say is like the punctures, wounds, 
wounds were so deep and it was so close and so personal. I mean, it's that's got to be a traumatic experience for someone that would not be not a sociopath, I guess. Someone yeah. that didn't love to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, would you skin a deer? Mm-mm. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So and when you do skin a deer, you're probably not going to freaking just kind of shit. I don't know. I don't really. He This FBI agent says he's a first time killer and he's comfortable with blood. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's a hunter or something comfortable with blood. Or maybe he's military. That's that's the route I'm going, dude. I'm just saying. The article says, quote, going into an occupied dwelling with six young adults, any of them who could have had a knife or a gun or a cell phone to call the police is extremely risky unless you know the circumstances inside, end quote. Also, this guy says he was comfortable with blood because he stabbed all four in a quick succession. This may be a hunter or, quote, work as a butcher, end quote. Another quote, he doesn't mind the wet work of getting his hands dirty and his profession will probably say the same thing, end quote. That's the FBI Jim Clemente. That's what he says. They may have stopped at four victims because they got to their intended victim. He uses the word they there. I don't know why he does that because he switches between he and they. He doesn't mind the wet work of getting his hands dirty. The next sentence, they may have stopped at four victims. Why Why are you switching? I don't like that. Semantics, dude. They or, or he, you know, shit like that fuels the media. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You're an FBI agent. You need to be pinpoint accurate with what you mean. If you're not, you're just going to get spread around. Is it is it they or is it he? You know, okay. quote, I don't think he's the experienced killer. I don't think this guy's done this before, says Clemente, adding that the suspect may have been motivated by, quote, revenge or rejection of or some kind of insult. So I was thinking that too. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. she, you know, girl, I mean, how many guys have you pushed off? Like just in a bar, like y'all do it all the time, you know, but to some guys, you know, it kills them. To you know someone who is unstable. Revenge or rejection or some kind of insult. So this is what a security consultant and former FBI agent Pete Yachmet says. He also agrees with Clemente saying that the suspect is a quote, young, unsophisticated person, end quote, going into an occupied home where there's six people in different rooms in the middle of the night is pretty dangerous. That is mm-hmm. true. So, you know, is it targeted? The parents put out a a really interesting theory, I guess. So this is the victim's father, Stephen Goncalves. He is the father of Kaylee. Obviously, he's been extremely emotional. I love how the papers are saying acceptably because he, yeah, it's acceptable for the parents to be like this. This is a terrible crime that's happened to not only his daughter, but basically his other daughter because his daughter, Kaylee, Kaylee and Madison were so close. They were like childhood friends. They were best friends. So basically this guy has lost two daughters, not to mention Madison's father as well. But this is the father right here. And he is, he is put together pretty good. You know, I'd be crying like a little baby, but he puts together a very interesting lead for us. If you want to read that. Means of death don't match. Victim's father claims. (laughs) Well, you already teed that part up. Means of death. Okay. What do you think he means by that? I don't know. Like the wounds were were different. He's saying that, quote, their points of damage don't match. He is specifically talking about his own daughter, Kaylee and Madison at this point. We know that they were sleeping in the same bed. They were most likely asleep. They did have a dog there, but I didn't see anything where the dog was barking or anything. But the the slaying of these two girls, the, the means of killing them were different. And the other couple or, or 
were just individually no, between the individually two between them okay. two. They were talking about them two. One of them was different than the other. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that they're two killers. No, it means that w- one was the intended target potentially. Okay. Yeah, maybe. All right. Stephen was understandably, he's the father, understandably emotional saying, quote, I'm just going to say it. It wasn't leaked to me. I earned that. I paid for the funeral. I sent my daughter back to college. She came back in a box. Then he says the following. Kaylee, his daughter, her injuries were, quote, significantly more brutal, end quote, than Madison's. So significantly more brutal than the other girl who was sleeping right by her. Okay. Okay. This is from News Nation right here. So you see significantly more brutal. All right. That's what the father has has heard or seen. I, I don't know how that works. If it was my daughter, significant other, or even like you, I would demand to see the body. In I mean, story. somebody is brought in to like confirm and identify. Yeah, but see like everything, not just the face, yeah. you know. I don't know. But he's saying that the the two friends were killed in different fashion because Kaylee was her injuries were quote significantly more brutal. You think that's targeted? It could mean it's more targeted. Shram says um it could mean one just wasn't responding or dying fast enough or fought back. Yeah, I like that theory. So he, here's my like two cents on it if you guys want it. Yeah. Like a lot of people will think it's targeted towards Madison because it's more brutal. It could be something simple as you remember I said at the beginning of this that chef came home and heard that scream that you don't remember like uh, he heard this horrible scream at like four in the morning mm-hmm. or, or around the, you know the yeah. wee hours you're in there you stab this victim and then the other one who's sleeping beside you starts screaming her head off. What does that do to you? You get really pissed off and you take that knife and you take it out on her that could be as simple as that that's my speculation there mm-hmm. does that make sense but you know it could could mean it's targeted as well but I, I don't know the two roommates that were living there have been working with the police they, they are not involved end of story uh dylan mortensen for 19 and bethany funk 19 they were on the first floor they have been working with the detectives and they are obviously extremely distraught and they have been providing everything they know so they they are extremely extremely lucky. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Holy shit. They are extremely lucky. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. One more thing. Uh, the bathroom door shower was left open. This was confirmed by a neighbor. A neighbor told Fox News that this door was ajar in the morning. Just like this. And I believe they left it like that. That's the crime tape there. I think they do that on purpose. Like, if the door's open, leave it open in their story. That type of thing, you know. Yeah, because you don't want to get anybody yeah. else's prints on the yeah, door. Yeah, plus you, you don't want to mess with the scene or anything. At least we're at first, yeah. You know what? I'm so, I'm really surprised that there's not just a blood everywhere on the snow. I mean, did it snow after? I don't know. I mean, geez. I mean, this is just such a violent crime here. All right, let's talk about this. The lead that has been on everyone's uh, everyone's pages lately. This is the Hyundai Elantra. This is how this lead came into be. This right here. So this is a tweet. I guess Twitter is still a thing by Stephanie. She is a newscaster, I believe. Moscow police are seeking any information about a white. 2011-2013 Hyundai Elantra that was in the area of the crime scene during the early morning hours. This is what they are still trying to find. As of now, as of when we started this, they have not found it since we started doing this an hour and a half ago. We're going to check. Maybe they found it, but this is the thing. Now, I want to say, dude, this, it may not be the killers at all. This may be a fluke type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could be anyone that lived in the area. Exactly. But maybe it is and they'll, and they'll find it and this thing will be solved. Interesting. Yeah, but but 
uh, it says, quote, someone must have seen it or was spotted on surveillance during that time when not a lot of cars were on the road for police to release this information means it holds potential significant value to the investigation. Maybe not the suspect, but potentially a witness. That was from former law enforcement officer and founder of American Investigative Society of Cold Cases, Kenneth Maines. That's what he told Newsweek. So the current gap they're still trying to fill is what is uh, what I said earlier from the the uh, Chapin and Cronado three hour gap. And let me show you. So this is the actual car I hear they're looking for. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to read this. Detectives continue investigating what occurred from approximately 9 p.m. on November 12th to 1.45 a.m. on November 13th when Ethan Chapin Chapin and Zana Cronado were believed to be at the Sigma Chai house on the University of Idaho campus at 735 Nez Piers Drive. Any interactions, contact the police. That's the one gap they're they're trying to find out now is when they were actually killed and where they were. D, hey D, says, is it possible that Kaylee was also positioned after her murder? That could also mean that she was targeted. Yeah, maybe. That's a good question. No, we don't know exactly how the bodies were found. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that blood was not on the, the top floor. You saw it running down the foundation. It looked like the second floor. I don't think that mm. was their blood. I think that was Ethan's. That is speculation. Know. Like I said, we don't know how the bodies were positioned. We don't know anything. We we do know that Kaylee was more significantly killed, more power in her thrust of the knife than the other one. That And that information came from the parents. This is breaking news right now. 18 minutes ago, police say stay vigilant. Wow, this is a way different approach than there's no threat. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Just continue on. Now it's stay vigilant. Let me see. Tips pour in a mystery car. So it's all the same thing. Convicted killer arrested mile from Idaho murder, not a suspect. So this is what this is what people are flipping through now. This is the last thing when I researched this case is what I clicked on. Wow. We will have to very closely follow this one. And, and I'm sorry if I got anything wrong. I have like probably a hundred sources here. I'm going to do a complete write up. And anyway, that's all I have now. So as before, this is Nicole and John. We usually have another co-host, Jen, but she's not here today. This is the Talk Murder Me podcast. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. Thank you.